but I had to say goodbye. And so at, at the same time, it was scary. It was very empowering to me because I was kind of like, uh, I wasn't saying F you to my clients, right. but I was saying F you to um, fear. And I was saying F you to, uh, I was saying hello and amen to uh, coming into my full self and my passion and, right. and, and everything. So, yeah, yeah, so it was good. And that was Holiday Childress, the founder and owner of Holiday Grooms. Holiday Grooms is a special events and mobile men's grooming service based in the Asheville area. And more on that later. And this is the Making It in Asheville podcast, a podcast where the two of us sit down with folks like Holiday, ask them what they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And we're your hosts, Tony and Sarah. We are newlyweds here in Asheville, been running this podcast for a little while, and very excited to kind of intro this specific episode with Holiday. We've been sitting on it for a little while because we wanted to be able to tell the story of my wedding day and my visit to Holiday. Yeah, so we recorded the episode back in, I think, August. Whoa. Uh, I know, a while ago in preparation for uh, season two. Um, and like Tony said, we decided to hold off publishing the episode because we knew that Tony was going to have the full holiday groom's treatment before the wedding. And so I think it was you and your brother and your dad all went over to holiday and you got like the best yeah, it was... haircut, facial, whatever <laughs> done. Uh, yeah, it was um, spa-like. It was masculine. So there's so much to attempt to describe and in reality you're gonna have to probably just go and visit holiday to get a true sense of what it is that we're talking about here but um for the day of my wedding i brought my father and my brother who are two kind of like larger guys with beards uh to visit holiday and we got you know uh made up i guess we were uh, shaved and groomed. I got a like a full haircut the week up of our wedding, and then he shaved me wedding day, and it was like hot cloth, and I don't know if it was eucalyptus, but something like eucalyptus was on the cloth, and it smelled amazing. Um, and, you know, my brother and my dad get haircuts at, you know, a barbershop in town. They've always gone to the same haircuts and barbershops in town, and uh they all day and all weekend that they were in Asheville just kept talking about how good they felt that they looked and how much they liked, um, you know, our, our kind of time together at holidays. Holiday is, as you'll see, a awesome sweetheart of a man. Um, but he really took really good care of me, but also my father and my brother. Um, and I wanted to be able to intro this story and give like a personal account of that day. It was absolutely fantastic. My dad looked cleaner than ever. Santa beard was on point. Would you agree, Sarah? Definitely. And I think that entire experience is a testimony to 
his business, which we're going to go into mm-hmm. more later on. Um, we talk a lot about Holiday's story of how he always had this dream of opening a men's grooming service, but had to take baby steps and had to spend a lot of time and hours um, being a hairstylist, being a hair colorist, doing other things before he could get there. Um, so we hope you enjoy this episode with Holiday. And before we dive into this episode, we want to let you know that it is brought to you by the Chop Shop Butchery. That's Asheville's whole animal butcher shop, which offers local, natural, and custom meats. It's where Sarah and I shop for our meat, uh, also our eggs and our seafood and our charcuterie. We love the Chop Shop. Yeah, so Tony and I both love food, and as avid home chefs, we've always prioritized buying high-quality ingredients. And when we moved to Asheville, one of the first things we did was research where we could buy our meat from. And the Chop Shop was our first stop, and it also happened to be our only stop because we felt so welcomed and cared for by the staff. Um, And we took home some meat. I think it was like cold-smoked pork chops and a few bivet steaks. And we knew from the taste that this was our spot. And we also love shopping there because we know that all of the meat comes from North Carolina, local farms. We know how the meat was raised. We know that it was butchered and prepared in a way that respects the animals and wastes as little as possible. And we know all this because the Chop Shop's one of our marketing clients. We've been in their offices. We've been in their cut room. We've worked with them on classes, even visited some of the farms, and we've been able to see with our own eyes where this food is coming from. And all of that leads to really great tasting meat. And so with Thanksgiving coming up, we have a special offer from the Chop Shop. From now until Thanksgiving of 2019, you can save 10% off your next order. Um, This does exclude things like alcoholic beverages and a few other select products, but you can rest assured that you can stock up on all your favorite steaks, sausages, pork chops, and more. You can pre-order your turkey for Thanksgiving. You can get everything you need to make a fancy schmancy charcuterie board and more. So if you want to redeem this offer, just visit makingitinashville.com slash chop shop to learn more. So yeah, episode 26 with Holiday Childress of Holiday Grooms. Enjoy. So I feel like a a poodle that just got a haircut and I want everyone to see it. This is a podcast, so you can't see it yet. In the future, we'll do video podcasts, I think. But um, Your hair is great. It, uh, you don't even have to, like, all I had to do was run some product through it. It would look good. Well, <laughs> you should see way. it in the morning. Oh, oh yeah. man. That's one of Sarah's favorite uh, things to make fun of me for. And there are many things that uh-huh. she is able to make fun of me for, rightfully. Um, but my morning bedhead, it does look like I gave myself a swirly in, the th- uh-huh. in my sleep. Like, I come out and i look like a jimmy neutron boy genius um i don't know awesome can't it's the length i think yeah and the, like it's your hair is like very oily mm-hmm. and it looks great but then it, it makes things like stick in weird spots uh-huh. so you produce your own product while you're sleeping basically every every night like clockwork you need to patent that one <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having us what a beautiful room what like a comfortable and distinctly masculine room we're in which is is this is the official is this holiday grooms everything now 
I think so. Okay. Yeah, it w- it was just the going to be the name for the wedding, the, the the side wedding, but I'm kind of under the umbrella of of holiday grooms now. It feels right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna just dive in if you'll let us. Great. Let's cool. do it. Uh, and so we are sitting on this lovely. I want to say wool. Is this wool couch? It is wool. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely in love with it. It's the aesthetic in this room is like mid-century meets uh a workshop because there's a craftsman amazing red like i I want this so bad a <laughs> toolbox thing and then like a built-in slightly more modern uh single booth setup mm-hmm. with beautiful lights and photos and it, i feel like i'm in something of a madman episode but in Asheville. is that right is that what is that do justice. How do you like to describe the room? I, I I think that's a great way to um to say it. Um, I have to give so much of the credit for the aesthetic to my wife because that's her style—the mid-century modern yeah. thing, clean lines, uncluttered, but very comforting too. Yeah. And so uh, we went on um, what's it called? I think it was Craigslist, and found this couch. Uh, someone had it in spruce pine, and so we we drove out. And they had gotten it from um, a, a, an older lady who had just kept it in like a plastic bag or whatever. You know, so <laughs> yeah, like grandma style. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's so it was amazing. in mint condition. It's, it's from the 60s. And it's from, uh, they made it in Lenore, North Carolina, which was before um, a lot of things started being done in, in China. When things were made in the U.S., yeah. they produced a ton of um, furniture. So something happened with that lady to where she put the wrong cushion on part of the couch. So you'll notice that in the middle, you've got a brighter orange. And then on the side, it's more of a, of, of a muted. Oh, yeah. And it's a mistake, but it adds so, so much to me. I, I like <laughs> yeah. it so much more than if it was all the same color. But I love that couch. It feels, it feels great. It, it does. And the, so the we're low back and everything. So yeah. we're right at home. We're sitting lounging in this couch. Uh, you are in the, I want to say this is like the Cadillac. This is the Ferrari of barber's chairs. Like what's <laughs> going it. on in the barber's chair? I love this. Um, uh, I, I saw this chair um, on something on the internet. I, Cause I, not as much now, but I used to just be obsessed a few years ago with, typing in barber and watching people in barbershops or street barbers in different parts of the world. Um, and I ran across this company, Takara Belmont, which is a Japanese company. They've been around forever. And they made so many classic barber chairs. Um, but they started making this one. It's called the uh, Apollo 225 mm-hmm. in Europe. And in America, it's called the um, Elegance 225. There's one place that I could see a showcase room of it out in some strange place called Den. Denver, I think it is, North Carolina. Oh. <laughs> and and so we went there, and uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, but I got to sit in the chair. The original ones were black, but now they have really cool upholstery that you can get. But they're made in the same factory that they've always been made in with the same uh, stuff, handmade um, in Japan, Takara Belmont, and um, it even comes with the, the ashtray. Oh, come on. Wow. The ashtray, and um, the, the ashtray... The gentleman that has the place in Denver said um, that 
it's the same ashtray as what you would find in a 1957 Chevy. I was gonna say that reminds me of my grandma's Lincoln. Yeah, she has she yeah. has she still has that same Lincoln as when I was a kid, but it had like a push down pop up ashtray just like that. Whoa! It's it like they have an option not to get it because back in the 70s, I think, or maybe it was the 80s, the army um, ordered a bunch of them for their bases, but they didn't want the ashtray in them. So. That's the only reason why you can get one without it, but wow. I, I chose to get one with it. And uh, so it's a new barber chair, yeah. but it's not a reissue, and it's not a, a a copy. It's the same chair made in the same factory. They just offer new upholstery yeah. options. So, uh, and I just I love this one, so I bought it, and uh, it took about five months for it to come, and that was really hard. <laughs> that <laughs> was really hard. Waiting for Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I know. We just ordered some furniture. Just actually, no, we ordered it like three months ago, and we're still waiting for it to come. And it's like I don't even want it anymore. Like, I know, <laughs> but then when it comes, you're gonna yeah. be so like, oh my god, here it is. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, I would love to start with telling if you could tell us a little bit more about the name and how did you come up with Holiday Grooms for the name of your business. Well. Um, I saw the chair online. Uh, I loved it. I wanted it. It was too expensive to justify because I was like doing a lot of hair color Mm -hmm. and that was paying the bills. And I'm like, why would I invest all this money into my men's cuts, which it's not really a a financial investment. It's just something that I want to do. And uh, I got creative and started scouring my brain for a way to make, because I always wanted to, to do the barber thing, but I, I, I went into cosmetology school because there was not a barber school in right. Asheville. So, um, uh, and I forgot the question already. The name. But, but <laughs> the that's name. actually but this, this but yeah. helpful. Let's maybe a timeline. So help us understand the timeline of cosmetology mm. school to you have a yeah. system and it's working, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden you're thinking about the next step which our understanding is the next step is holiday grooms and mm-hmm. we're here in present tense. But I'd love to love to have you walk us through your timeline uh, with relative quickness because I imagine it's long <clears throat> and then we'll dive in. We'll dive in. It's funny that you asked that because I, now I feel like I'm where I wanted to be when I started. But I had to take a long road to come around, ten, a 10-year road wow. to come to this place. Um, I, I, my original idea was to open a barbershop and I did the business plan. There wasn't really going to be enough men clients to support something like that in 2007 when I took my small business class to see if it was going to work, but I still wanted to go in that direction. So I entered into the first class ever at AB tech offering cosmetology. And when I got out, I interned in a a high-end salon here in Asheville, Ananda. And then I moved to a couple of other salons before opening my Sola studio. But you can have like three cut and highlights in a day and pay your, your bills. And I had a family to support. So I would have to have like 15 men's cuts a day. And that's a lot harder to do when you're just starting out. So um, so I went the whole cosmetology route. I, I stood behind the colorist, learned how to color hair, got really good at it became um, uh, pretty sought after for for my coloring skills. And I kept working on men's hair. Um, When I finally got my space at Sola, 
I started to think, I, now I can, I'm not in a salon anymore. I can make this whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And with my wife's incredible uh, style sense, we, we put the place together with everything you're seeing, this table, the couch, the rug. The, um, she did all the photos on the wall. Um, she's really creative, very streamlined, and everything has to make sense mm-hmm. in the right place. So um, that gave me more and more inspiration to go more into the men's thing. About a year or two later, and I'm almost in my third year of Sola, I saw that chair. I wanted, I've always wanted to do more barbering stuff. I started learning more about the straight razor, shaving my own face with a straight razor, shaving the backs of my clients' necks with a straight razor, getting my men's product line together, but without making my women feel alienated. Because the unisex um, world that I'm working in the women that come in here love the aesthetic just as much as the guys. I was going to say you that know? because while this is decidedly a masculine, for me at least, aesthetic, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's different. It's not like going to a traditional salon where, I don't know, it's just like a standard mirror and a little hair dryer mm-hmm. thing and the swivel chair and everything kind of just looks like whitewashed. There's there's some character character here yeah but That's you probably don't feel like you're sitting in a main street usa barbershop no either. no well because it's also because it's private uh-huh. you know it's yeah. not like there are a bunch of dudes walking in yeah you know having their you their don't feel like i'm gonna pull out a can yeah. of wd-40 and spray it on your hair <laughs> exactly <laughs> true so the aesthetic all that to say the aesthetic is dialed in so you're you're practicing your men's cuts without alienating women, and then we distract you. Oh, you're f- and then um, I got the chair, and things started really coming together. I sent out an email, and I was like, I need to, <clears throat> you know, one or two shaves a week isn't going to get me where I need to go. Let's do a three-day all shaves. So I put out an email, got a bunch of guys in here. We had a bloody good time. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, and it, it kind of grew from there. So – with this chair, I, I thought to myself, I need to get creative and uh, find a good a financial reason to get this. And I'd remember what a friend of mine told me about, uh, you should come to where I work at the Biltmore Estate and do these straight razor shaves for the guys and, and, and do what you've been doing for the weddings for the women. And um, I thought that it was a, a kind of a pie in the sky idea. I was like, I don't, I don't know how that would work, but that sounds fancy and cool. Well, that's the exact thing I remembered when I said to myself, I want to get this chair and I want to return to my roots and what I wanted to do in the first place. And um, so when I did that, uh, everything kind of started falling into place. And I did it by being able to tell my wife, hey, I'm not just wasting this money on this chair. I've got this great idea of how to use it as the cornerstone, the the centerpiece of my business. So... um, then I was walking my dog and my and my baby one day, trying to come up with a name for this for this uh, wedding business and this on location mobile barber thing. And a uh, holiday grooms came to my mind, and and it's I just it was like a bolt of lightning, and mm-hmm. big light bulb went off in my head. I checked, I pulled my phone out right away and typed it into Google to see if that was already something. And there was only a couple of dogs and Christmas sweaters. <laughs> uh, for getting groomed in the hot during the holidays. So I knew I was pretty safe with that. And, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> then I went from there. Yeah. We were just talking about it this morning. Like the name is awesome. And my attempt at saying why 
is because it's a verb and it's a noun. Mm-hmm. You, groom, and then it's grooms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I, it's worthy of a bolt of lightning aha moment when mm-hmm. you piece those mm-hmm. two things together because it uh, it captures so much so succinctly. But, awesome. but also your name, I mean, your name is Holiday. Mm-hmm. But I think that also kind of, in my mind, that might went to like, oh, I'm on a holiday. I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to this other place where I get to treat myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, yeah, absolutely. All those things came came to my mind. And then, um, yeah, the, just the word holiday makes you feel like, something you're doing something out of the ordinary you're you're doing um something where you're on vacation you're Mm -hmm. you're 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 free um and then there's the old holiday inn so Mm -hmm. you getting that uh branded was very exciting because we took elements of old school vintage first class air travel Mm -hmm. with the ashtray and and the chair and all mm -hmm. that that comes through as you say it i wouldn't have said airline air travel when thinking about your logo but it absolutely comes through now that but you there's it. like above holiday i'm looking at it right over there on the mm-hmm. wall there's like a little bird airplane yeah. thingy you know that's a falcon and um they put that on the logo at the very last minute before they presented it to to mm-hmm. us and, um, and and they sorry for the audience they being oh, atlas. Uh, atlas branding because we want to call them out because your logo atlas is branding. fantastic yeah dean and mm-hmm. lisa from Atlas um, and uh, and Taylor from Atlas, and then we were sitting there with me and, and my wife Lillian, and uh, they showed us three different styles. And originally, we were going to go with kind of a speakeasy barbershop style, and right away we found that that was really overdone and kind of cliche, and everybody was doing it. And no matter how cool it looked, you just saw it everywhere. Um, so we decided to deviate from that and go more bespoke men's tailoring, like of uh, Savile Row and mm-hmm. in London, mm-hmm. and because that's very wedding like. You know, mm-hmm. you have your tuxes, you you're getting groomed, you have that bespoke treatment, mm-hmm. and so you have the um, uh, tailored to your specific body in a very you know intimate uh, way. Someone's taking care of you um, and making sure it's, it's it fits you perfectly. But then mixed with that, like old school, uh, first class air travel. So put those things together. They threw the Falcon on it, and this is a real kind of random, weird uh, thing that happened. Um, I realized later that the Falcon, my dad flew the the uh, F sixteen Fighting Falcon. Mm. He also flew for Eastern Airlines, and their logo looks similar to that. So, in many ways, my you know, my dad's passed on now, but he was kind of in the mix. And so Mm -hmm. that bird just adds this extra masculine component, but the logo is done very elegantly. So it has a lot of style to it with the, the cursive writing and then the, the, the grooms and well-suited, well-timed the tagline that Dean came up with are two synonyms for tailor-made. So well-suited just means tailor-made well-timed means tailor-made um, but it's it's also a play on words too because you you think of guys in suits you right. think mm-hmm. of or I show up well suited mm-hmm. and on time and mm-hmm. um and then the holiday grooms is like you're saying I'm grooming 
but it's also a um, the grooms and the groomsmen. Yeah. So everything everything really came together on that big time. So that's why. Yeah. I've got it on my door here, and mm-hmm. I I'm kind of putting everything underneath that umbrella because it feels yeah. like a, like it's a, kind of a no brainer. Right. It, it's elevated. I mean, I, I, I we. We moved to town, I think, right around when you when this was came to be. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any idea of what the world looked like for you before the rebrand. Mm-hmm. And I guess, um, I guess if I try to restate what I heard as the timeline, it says that you came into uh, hair and cosmetology school around twelve or ten years ago, two thousand seven, mm-hmm. um, and about three. Years ago, you came into this space on your own? Yes, okay. yes. I was in a space across the hall, uh, suite number seven, and it was small. And I was doing the same kind of work that I was doing. I just had my own vibe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when this space came available, it was a little bit bigger, so I could put my craftsmen in here yeah. and just have a little bit more space. So, But, yeah, it's been in Sola. So I would love to get a sense of the difference and what it took from you to make the jump from working at someone's salon mm-hmm. to coming here and saying, okay, so now I'm going to have my own rent. Maybe that's for the first time. I don't know what the relationship mm-hmm. was at the other salon, but I have my own rent. Do I have enough people that are going to show up? How am I going to make sure that enough people show up? Mm-hmm. Walk us through that decision-making and that experience, if you could. Sure. Um, so I spent five years at a Dorn salon and boutique and, uh, I had a lot of freedom there because they gave me a chair. They said, we're going to split everything 50-50 with you. It was at a time when I needed to build a clientele, but I already had an, enough of a clientele to make it worth it for them. So I just worked early to late to early to late to early to late. I learned as much as I could about hair color and from the people I was with. Um, I just got my books super packed, and I wasn't planning on moving into here at all, but a friend of mine that that has a studio here said, you should really think about it and come up and check it out. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that whole weekend, I was thinking about what she had said. So I scheduled an appointment to come up here, and I basically just did some simple math. You know, at that point, I was exploding with clients, and I I looked at my rent here and my clientele, and versus my my you know commission at the other place, and um, I saw right off the bat I could I could make. A, a substantial like I could get a, a substantial raise mm-hmm. um and at that time my wife and I were expecting a, a new baby mm-hmm. in a couple of months and it was it was a no-brainer but it was hard because you had to put up a lot of money to buy all the stuff to get into your space and all the stuff that goes into being a, a business owner was right. a little scary and then on top of that are people gonna come with me I've got to like go through my whole list and let everybody know where I'm at and um but as soon as I did it, it was such a feeling of um, I, I was in control of, of, of everything. So I was the receptionist. I was the, the host. It was my studio. I was responsible for everything so I could make things look the way I wanted. Um, my wife could design the room, which she, she's just fantastic at doing things like that. And, um, and with her help, I got in here, and, and I, I just can't imagine ever going back unless – I moved to another town and and had to you know start o- all over again, mm-hmm. but I, I I had a I would say almost a hundred percent retention. Wow! 
Mm-hmm. Cool. One or two people didn't come with me, and I understood why. But then I got him back about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's it, it's as simple as simple math. What have been um, maybe the harder parts of going from uh, from there's a lot of I guess the operational things are going to get handled by someone else to thinking about like were you operating as a 1099 in the past world and now you're your own LLC and mm-hmm. you so you have an account like what kind of things have changed um, out of necessity because there were surprises or harder parts very very little cool um, I was already a 1099 at, at the other salon so I was an independent contractor so I just switched over and I wasn't quite generating enough to uh, actually I don't I wasn't generating enough to be an S corp, okay. but I became an LLC. Um, and I've always had an accountant for as long as I can remember, just because I'm a, you know, a dad of a family and a homeowner and all that stuff. And it, it gets to be to where you need an accountant mm-hmm. to figure it out. But so I didn't have any employees and, uh, it was, it was really easy, especially the way that square makes it mm. with their appointments and their reminders and their, you know, you don't have to wait for it would get stressful waiting sometimes, you know, on a hard week for that paycheck and the person, you know, you're, you're like, when is it coming? Oh, it's going to come tomorrow or whatever. And you've got to get it into the bank today. Well, if, if it's ever a, a difficult week or I need to catch up, I come in, I swipe those cards and they're like directly uh, attached to my account. And so there's a lot of like, a lot of the things that would stress me out before were completely off the table and, I, they, they didn't stress me. The hardest decision that I had to make in hairdressing was about five or six months ago. I'd send an email out to everybody telling them that um, I had decided that I was going to focus on cutting and take coloring off my menu. Oh, wow. That was that's huge, how you built, that's where you started, it seemed. It, it was. I had about a third of my business, or maybe even half, was co- were color clients. Because I had really established myself as a colorist, and um, the I was getting tennis elbow from doing all those long hair blowouts. My fingers were breaking out because the um, I have kind of an irritation to the chemicals of coloring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was standing right over the color for hours upon hours a day, breathing it in, and something inside me said, "You can do it now. You can." you can focus on your, on your cutting and you can go back to your original idea. But, and I felt it in my gut, but at the same time, it was a really hard email to send out because I had established a lot, a lot of long-term relationships and almost therapy with so many clients. We'd be sitting here for two and a half, three hours sometimes talking about really, really serious stuff. And and they would confide in me about their relationships or their schooling or their jobs or and then in one fell swoop I had to I had to send out an email saying guys uh, this is a hard decision to make but it's it's for the sustainability of my career it's for my health and um, and uh, everyone understood but um, but I had to say goodbye and so at, at the same time it was scary it was very empowering to me because I was kind of like, uh, I wasn't saying F you to my clients, right. 
but I was saying F you to um, fear and I was saying F you to uh, I was saying hello and amen to uh, coming into my full self and my passion and, right. and, and everything. So yeah, yeah, so it was good. It's like you're in control, right? You get to make the decisions yeah. and, and decide what you want to do. I mean, when you're in control enough to to purposely lose mm-hmm. a third of your business, that's a very powerful feeling, you know, when you're like, hey, I love you guys mm-hmm. and I'm going to miss you, you know. Um, and I still do some color here yeah. and there for friends and family and and I put everybody in good hands. I, you know, I sent them to my color mentor or people that I really like. Mm-hmm. I told them if, if, you know, whatever it takes to make the transition easy or if you need to text me because you need me to do a color. I, it wasn't that I was against doing color um, here and there. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't have it on my menu. Right. I couldn't be known for a colorist because it was taking over. It was taking over everything and it was um, it was bad for my health, you know, in yeah. general. Yeah, that's something that, like, I think people don't think about. Well, I mean, more people are thinking about it now, but I got my hair colored um, probably eight or nine months ago. I did the balayage. Uh-huh, balayage, yeah. Balayage, yes. And I was like, so how does this work? Like, what are, what are you actually doing to my hair? And she explained the process, and I was like, holy cow. You're bleaching my hair and then adding, like, more chemicals back onto it. This has got to be so bad for for my hair and also yeah. like breathing it in and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, very I really don't think it's bad for people getting their hair colored right. once a, a month. Um, I don't think it's even bad for me to do three colors a week. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at doing like 15 colors a week, mm-hmm. um, you're looking at a lot of exposure to, to, to that stuff. And, uh, I kind of felt like, okay, so if I've been smoking for 15 years and I quit now, by the time I'm, you know, 10 years older than I am now, there's a lot of reversibility that can be done. And it was the same with color. It was like, yeah. or if I keep going the way that I'm going, mm-hmm. I could not like where I'm going to be in another yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever, do you ever think that, do you ever wish that you had done it earlier, that you had just said no earlier? Or do you think that you couldn't have got gotten where you are without having done so color um that's a good question i i stood behind my color mentor Here, wait one second i'm getting a lot of uh sirens, sirens. um this is really cool i, lo- I mean I, I love this space we're gonna we're gonna start renting this space for podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so, it's beautiful uh okay is this coming along okay yeah sure no, we're, okay. I, we're i'm so liking my boring no because this is the, and so we have sirens, and so this might not be in it, but like, this is a huge moment, and I think you did an incredible job of capturing how real the moment is where you need to be able to say goodbye to a. Th- There's a great book called "What Got You Here Won't Get You There," and what a lot of people aren't able to do mm-hmm. is say goodbye to the things that got them here, mm-hmm. and the fact that you are able to like to see that letting go of hair coloring, which was like foundational to your career and built a book and allowed you to do the things that you've wanted to do all along is, is a beautiful thing. But most people will continue to do the thing that got them there because it was safe and it feels safe and it's comfortable and they know it's going to continue to work probably. 
Um, it's like when you hang on to that sweater, that ugly sweater that you've had for too long and you don't actually like it anymore, but it has more value to you because you've, it's yours and you've had it, mm-hmm. right? They say mm-hmm. that it's harder to get rid of things that mm-hmm. you've had and even you wouldn't pay money for it now, but you can't get rid of it because you're like, but I've had this for five years and I spent however many dollars on it. I know you've invested so much, it's hard to just let it yeah. go. But when you do, it's very empowering if you, if yeah. you can. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want, if it's not, if it's not serving, serving you. you. Yeah. And I think it, it's more than that because it's, it would be like if that sweater, if you wore that sweater in every picture you'd ever taken and you built some sort of a, 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 a fan base and they know you as a guy who wears that sweater. And then you say, I don't love the sweater. It's one thing if it just sits in your closet. It's, it, it is close because it's this thing that you've invested in, but it's more than that because these are people like you, it's part of your ego, right? You, you're, I identify mm-hmm. as a hair colorist that, cause that was what got me here. And you're letting go of a part of your ego mm-hmm. and, and opting for this unknown thing to come in and step and, and fill its place. And that is inherently risky. Well, I, I did have the comfort of holiday grooms in my back pocket. I had this knowing that, once I branded that mm-hmm. and launched that, that I would need more space for that, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the space. So there was a there was a scary point in between, and now my books are back to normal. But that I got really busy with the last bout of colors when I sent off that email. Everybody was scheduling and holding on to their appointments, you know, because it was like the last one, and I needed to to refer them to somebody. But then somewhere during the summer, I started to see some spots. They would get filled up by the end of the week. But in the beginning of the week, I wasn't used to that. I was used to being booked out solid for six weeks. Wow. And I wanted more flexibility. I, I wanted to have more spots. But seeing them was was a little funky at first. Yeah. Um, but I was branding you know, for this new thing, and it helped me get through. But there was a spot where I left one island, and I was swimming to another one, but I was in the middle I couldn't see the island I left anymore, and I couldn't see the one I was going to. Mm. And I was just, I kept swimming, and I was feeling pretty darn vulnerable. Um, but since I decided to put everything under holiday grooms, I've been getting a lot more cuts. I've been getting better at cuts because I've just got scissors in my hands yeah. all day, and especially the men's cuts. Um, Short hair men's cuts is what I wanted to specialize in. And, and um, trust me, I still love cutting women's hair and I'm so glad that I know and understand long hair and short hair and color because I can take even if I'm not doing color on somebody I can cut in ways to expose the underlying tones of what's under the hair by slide cutting or pulling hair out so I can make it look like you have had some dimension put into your hair with the scissors I have all that knowledge so I didn't throw anything away. I, I still know how to do it. But um, if I had have been a barber in the very beginning, I wouldn't have uh, the awareness of all the things that I have now. So mm-hmm. I feel I feel really lucky um, to do that. I just yeah. I wish I had been shaving for ten years. I've only been shaving for a couple now. So, um, but I'm I'm excited to see where I am with my shaving in yeah. another ten years. You yeah. know, and for what it's worth, I mean. I- my my neckline got cleaned up before this podcast <laughs> and, and a lot of the rest of the hair also. But um, I've had a number of 
haircuts finish with a you know a single blade razor on the neckline and i've been cut i've gotten like immediately hot spots oh, right really? yeah and so it's not a given that a single blade razor is going to feel good mm-hmm. as a cleanup and your i mean it was this it was super smooth so i don't know if that's craft or the blade or you were looking at the blades and that was a cool tool that you have mm-hmm. but it's um it's uh you're not for someone who's cut hair for 10 years i look forward to seeing you in 10 years because you're already uh very 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 good by oh, my, thank you by my personal uh, experience well there's mm-hmm. a lot of um steps and a lot of pre um pre-treatments that go into giving a great shave and when i do my shaves the lights go down the hot towels are on the face the, the lather the whole thing by the time the guy comes up out of the chair he's just like you know wow what was that and then i spin them around they don't even have to get out of the chair and then their neck goes back into the bowl wash their hair bring him back up cut their hair they usually have a manhattan or something sitting yeah. in front of them i i call that the, my, my haircut and um, shave, I call it the Maharaja. <laughs> it, it comes from my, my father-in-law, uh, Richard, who passed away a, a year ago. And um, I love him so much. And he, he always said, oh boy, Holiday, uh, you make old Dicky boy feel like the Maharaja every time <laughs> I come in here. Um, it's like uh, 13 vessel virgins in a, in a harem full of whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what he, he's such a, yeah. a, a wordsmith and, a, and his... Um, one of the funniest things he says, I, I have to say this. Did I tell you about there was a prison break? You know, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he, um, he, this may not even want to go on the podcast, but it's really funny. Toward the end, um, he was having a hard time using the bathroom and going number two. So one day I said, how you doing, Richard? And he goes, oh, boy, I'm doing, I'm doing great. He said, there was a jailbreak last night, and all the boys got out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god, I love it. That is good, Dicky. R.I.P. Man, you seem like he seems like a great. Richard funny was guy. amazing. He he was um <clears throat> he would frequent high five coffee. Everybody loved him. Uh, he's up there in his high five. Uh, oh yeah. Hat. Cutie. He was the the most um probably the most gentleman of any gentleman I've ever met. He, uh, and the key to that, uh, Hugo Jacquemet video. That yeah. Yeah. Is, um, a gentleman is somebody that it's not the way you dress necessarily, or it's, it's, uh, put people at ease. Yes. You, you make people feel comfortable in your presence. And, uh, and he did that to everybody. He just saw, he saw how beautiful you were and he had a way of making you feel like your real self when you're around him. So, to have that elegance and that grace and then have him say there was a jailbreak and all the boys got out <laughs> yeah. was beautiful. It's, it's great when people can occupy multiple spaces, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's a part of making someone feel comfortable is kind of like embarrassing yourself. Not embarrassing yourself, yeah. but you know, like kind of just being real a little bit, uh-huh. you know? Um, but yeah, it's referencing the Hugo Jacquemet video that is on your website. Uh-huh. I love that Um you know, that talk about what does it mean to be a gentleman and mm-hmm. how he kind of goes beyond the dress and the look and mm-hmm. the history of the word gentleman. It was really Wasn't fascinating. Interesting? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That inspired me so much. Yeah. Go check out that video on Holiday Groom's website, guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I to, to get us back, I guess, in 
what might be one of the last kind of businessy questions until more show up. Um, so I asked like, what would be some of the harder parts of the, of running a business or choosing to do this all in? And it seems like it's been relatively smooth for you in large part because you have control over the experience. I'm wondering if you can identify in your own opinion, like what are weaknesses for you in your business today? Like what have you worked to maybe overcome or what are you working on in present tense? Um, because I, I have a good sense of what your strengths are by mm -hmm. being in here. Um, I can tell it's already like the experience of being in the shop. It's the experience of having, you know, the straight edge razor and the manual clippers um, and just you. And like, you, you, you know, really, the space. You, you commented on the smell when you walked the in. The smell, yeah, you know, like everybody does. Great. They walk in and they're like, it smells really good in here. What is it? I think it's a combination of all the stuff. So it's, it's experience. It's mm -hmm. to me, if I'm going to identify it and I would love yours mm -hmm. as well. But it's, it's all of the things that come together to make an, a remarkable experience, which begets my assumption is a very strong word of mouth um, marketing mm -hmm. channel for you. Mm -hmm. What would be a weakness today? Um, my biggest weakness, I feel like, is um, maintaining a healthy uh, family work balance. Mm. And that's not a... Um, I can't think of a, a weakness business-wise, uh, except for maybe, you know, needing to grow at some point and trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Do I get more people on my team, or do I come up with a product line or whatever? But I'm mm -hmm. totally not not worried about that right now. Um, it's just trying to to uh, be able to balance work and family. That's that's my biggest weakness as a person. I feel like is just. Um, not getting too consumed in my work because it can become an obsession mm -hmm. when you're in control of everything and and you can keep pushing and keep imagining things and keep creating things. Um, there's always more money that can be spent. There's always more time that can be devoted to it. There's always waking up at three o'clock in the morning with a, with an idea. But those are fantastic problems to have, you know. Mm -hmm. But as long as I can uh, learn how to say no sometimes you know if i'm if i'm overbooked because i like to serve everybody and make them happy so mm -hmm. those are all great problems to have so i don't really i don't really have anything that i'm that i can think of that that would be a um a business problem except for you know normal stuff like saving money for your taxes at the end mm. of the year <laughs> it's it's always hard the, yeah always gets us i know <laughs> You think you're, you As a self-employed person, like, oh. you know? Yeah. 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 Cool. Nice. I, I want to know, like, I'm thinking about this whole experience here and, like, how, how good it smells in here and, like, how Tony looks so well shaved and cleaned <laughs> up. And what would you recommend to someone who's, like, I want to up my shaving experience at home. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to get better and, like, have better products and smell better when I'm there yeah. so that I can have more of this in my life, for example. Well, um, having a nice razor and a, and a brush is extraordinary. Because I used to just shave for like 20 years in the shower without even a mirror, no lather, nothing, just with one of those disposable um, Schick mm -hmm. razors mm -hmm. with the two blades yeah. and the little aloe strip above it. That was all I needed. And that's still probably all I need. Um, but when I started doing this professionally and getting into the products – 
I just love my time in the morning when when I um, come out. the The bathroom is steamy, and I've got like this pre shave. I, mm-hmm. I love pre shave, and that's something that I was always like, "What in the heck is a pre shave? Well, why do you need a pre shave?" Well, the pre shave oil or gel, which I use a gel by Crown, uh, and that's my friend Dino in Canada. He makes the most amazing men's grooming products called Crown Shaving Company. And I put that that pre-shave gel on my face while my water is running and the steam is coming up and my double-edged blade is sitting there. Then I grab my uh, silver tip badger hair brush and put it in the, whether it's a traditional puck or whether it's a shaving cream, I just kind of lather it up in my hands. And then when it goes on my face, it smells so good. It's so, so good. And then shaving and then rinsing it off and putting the lotion on afterwards and all that stuff was totally never part of my bag. But now, now that I do it, I, I just look forward to it every morning. It helps me. It makes me feel so much better when I walk out the door and yeah. slapping some aftershave on my face sometimes, or just using the lotion if I don't want the alcohol, um, feeling on my face. Um, I think that all guys should be able to experience that cause it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, It is. And, um, even if they're using a little plastic razor, I think that the the biggest thing to feeling really good about your shave is the lather and the brush. Those are two huge important things that mo- most guys are missing out on. Right. So and a hot yeah. cup of coffee. So I've, yeah. I've never brushed. Right. Uh-huh. So I uh, I have a not that I use it every time, but I have a pre-shave from that Italian brand. What is that one? Prorazzo. Prorazzo. Mm-hmm. So I have a pre-shave from them. I have uh, a pretty good. I can't think of the brand also on like do you have that menthol pre-shave the stuff that's like really makes your it's like super menthol i don't think so i'll have to look i don't know okay so it's like i use it i'd say 30 percent of the time i don't shave every day right now Mm -hmm. um and then we i recently started shaving with like a safety razor Mm -hmm. uh which i quite appreciate and, and i like it it slows things down a little bit but it feels even smoother as a finished product uh and maybe that's just the intentionality of the process but is is the brush have anything to do with like standing hair actually up to make Mm -hmm. it easier to cut like what about why why slowing down is the whole point slowing down um because uh a lot of people just want to speed that up but Mm -hmm. slowing down is is the whole pleasure of it for me um and i can do it pretty fast but i just i love the whole ritual of it uh what you do with the pre-shave is you're softening your whiskers, and you probably always want to shave when your face is pretty steamy. Yeah, and after a shower. My after dad a had shower. Uh, uh, the three S's, one of the many things that I remember <laughs> my, my dad All would All the boys teach. got out? Yeah, so the three S's. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, so uh, there are many things he, that he has, but this was uh, you, you do an S word where you let the boys break free from prison. <laughs> Then you shower, then you shave. Yep, and yep. that's always the order of operations yeah. because it it makes sense. There's some logic yeah. there to me. Yeah, and so post shower shave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always for that, but for the open pores and for the softer and the softer whiskers. whiskers. Yeah, and so you put your pre shave on and it just kind of softens up the whiskers. You take your brush and you lather it up. I you can you you can get a scuttle. And fill that with hot water and all this business, but I, I just lather it in my hand. Okay, yeah, I, I saw you that know. today. Yeah, and then and and then you you get it you get it going on your face, um, in circular motions if you can, and and that and that makes your your whiskers stand up. 
So then you're ready, you know, and, and you just take the, the, the shave. I think pulling your skin is super important for tension with, with a single blade. I, I'm always doing like a, or, you know, opening mm-hmm. my mouth as wide as I can. I don't actually pull with the other hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. It, it makes a huge difference. So, so I'll come over and I'll pull this up and I just let the razor do the work Yeah. and I just barely drag it along yeah. and I, I keep going like this. One of the things with the disposable razors is that since there's two razors, one is pulling up for you. So you you might feel like you're getting a closer shave. I never had to pull my skin uh, with a disposable razor be, because I could push in and it would it would do all that. Sorry, it would do all that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you use a double-edged razor, you don't want to push in. You want to let the razor, the heaviness of the razor, drag along your face and you want to pull your skin back so it's a different shave. Yeah. But um, it's so much more worthwhile to me. It's it's. Uh, I have just really gotten into it. And when I was at High Five Coffee the other day, they had all their copies, and then next to them they had eight point seven, nine point one, seven point two. I asked them one day, "What are all these numbers that you put on this dry erase board and and change throughout the day?" And they said they get in in the morning. And they have to set the grind to something very specific and taste it and make sure that it's right. As the day keeps going in the afternoon, if the barometric pressure changes or the temperature in the room, they have to go in, taste everything again, wipe the board down, write the new numbers. It's all manual, and that's how you wow. get that perfect cup of coffee. As I've gotten older, I love that kind of living. It's just yeah. a way of living. It's like you have this intentional thing. You change, you're changing out your blade manually. It's like driving a stick. You're... You're, you're lathering it up. It's all the sensual stuff. You smell good. You feel good. You've taken that time, that intention. And it's a, it's kind of a, a kind of a type of meditation. Yeah. And so I don't think it's about, um, oh, you get a smoother shave. You, you, you don't have to shave, you know, uh, don't have to shave for two days and all that. It, it has nothing to do with that for me. It's, it's more about slowing down, having that intention, relaxing, enjoying it. Um, it's just supposed to be a, a luxury. It really yeah. is a luxury to be able to do that. So that's what I encourage guys to do if they can at home without trying to rush it too much. Yeah. And so I think it's a great question, Sarah. And I wonder if a woman asked, or I'd say maybe a anyone asked about a partner that they want to move in that direction. Have you identified any ways to like... Uh, to help someone signal to their partner that they would, they would appreciate them spending more time on themselves. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. of abstraction there, yeah. but like if Sarah came in and asked you, Hey, like, well, how do I help Tony take more care? Right. Cause it's one thing. Yeah. Ooh, what do we got? I've got, this is my answer. <laughs> That's what I would give her. <laughs> there you go. It's a gift card. <laughs> and um, and 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 it and the the brand, you know, the it looks luxury. It, it feels good. Because I, I bet you there's, I, I bet you that's actually. Ooh, Sorry. matches. <laughs> we do. Uh, we like oh, yes. We're gonna need one Those to really not nice. use and then yeah. one to use. Um, oh, and here's <laughs> one more thing. I don't know. Have I given you guys any of all no. this? No. Love it. Key to a kissable face, people. Cleanse face. All right. So this is That's all your answer. super. Yes. I love this. 
I absolutely love it. And I think that there's something to be said. Like every we, every, every groomsman gets one of those cool. at the end. Nice. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so in a past, in like a, when, when we met for coffee, we kind of had a quick conversation about uh, Queer Eye, mm-hmm. right? And the idea that there's something profound that can happen in a barber's chair. Uh, and I mean, we even talked about it today. Like I sit down, you're rubbing your hands through my hair. There's a physicality mm-hmm. that happens in your specific profession that, you know, doesn't happen often. Like most humans can go whole days, multiple days, without being touched by someone full stop, mm-hmm. let alone touched by someone they know, uh, especially touched by someone that is a stranger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how often are you like, it would it be most often with like groomsmen where they're like, whoa, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Because it seems like a lot of people would have to opt in to specifically choose to come here. And that probably pre-wires them in some way as someone who's already understands this as mm-hmm. an essential part of masculinity or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Self-care. Self-care. Yeah, self-care. Perfect care. Perfect. That's better. Uh, uh, self-care. And so like, how, how often or is there an example of a time where you like blew someone's mind and I didn't know this is something that I, I loved or I didn't know that this is something that would be so important to me? Um, that's my goal. And um, those are the people that I want to see more of. Because um, if somebody comes in and I do that and like, you know, it's all right, then I really don't think that there's, you know, that I'm, that, that it's work, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I want to blow people away. You know, I, I want for people to feel a huge difference when they, when they walk out of here. That's my goal. So, um, that happens. I know when it's going to be the right fit because, uh, somebody will, will sit back and everyone has a different way of expressing it. But, uh, I just love it when I'm like lathering up somebody's face and they're like, Oh man, that smells awesome awesome or oh god i haven't been, been this relaxed in forever and some people are really just kind of quiet about it but i know when the last things like the the aftershave they're laying back the lights are down they've had a great shave i'm i'm massaging their you know temples and and, and their brows where they hold all the stress and then they're like totally relaxed and then i I have this thing where I put my hand on their chest, like where their heart is, just to just to know, just to let them know that I'm bringing them up. Yeah. And so then I, I bring the chair up, and then they look in the mirror, and I can tell by the look on their face if I've done my job because they they're like they look <laughs> like they just smoked a big old bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 they're just like, what happened? Yeah. And um. Then I have to, you know, wash their hair. I feel like, you know, get the crown chakra cleared out and then come up and then I turn the lights on. Yeah. And then they're they're ready to have their hair cut and a conversation. A lot of guys like to have a conversation while they're while I'm shaving their face. That's fine with me. I mean they they, they usually know when to shut up. Yeah. When my blade is like right next to their Adam's apple or to their chin <laughs> or something like that. But Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I think that's that's really beautiful and awesome and my mind went to like oh my gosh this is a practice of wellness like mm-hmm. this is this isn't just a beauty you know of whatever industry you would call it it's 
this is a wellness yeah. product really at the end of the day because it's not just the end product of getting your face shaved or your hair cut. It's the mm-hmm. experience of yeah. having someone do it for you, uh-huh. right? Like I, I don't, I hate doing my own nails and my own pedicure. I will never do it because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I would rather go to someone and have that experience. And I think that's the same here. Love, that. Love it. And with guys, I think there is a, a niche here because, um, y- you know, husbands can go with their wives to wherever sensibilities or, or whatever and sit at the Grove Park and, you know, a couple of ladies could be working on a man and a wife's or husband and wife, whatever, a couple's feet. Yeah. And, and the guy could like maybe get some cucumbers on his eyes and some lavender, you know, sprayed on his face. Mm-hmm. But it's not as, um, it, there's something that is, it feels really good to, to have your own distinct masculine yeah. vibe of yeah. it. You know, to have the I want tobacco and leather. This tobacco and leather. The, the, <laughs> yeah, and and to have a man doing that for you is is uh, especially nice because men don't get. I don't think men get nurtured by men that much. Yeah, and um, you feel like it has to be a woman that gives you a massage or a, but but to be taken care of by a man that you that you trust, and that you can like really let it go because. If a lot of, you know, sometimes guys might be getting a massage or a special treatment from a woman and there may be um, a certain kind of tension in the air or a certain kind of, you know, I don't want to feel inappropriate or I don't want to be inappropriate or is this, is this, um, is this weird or whatever um, when a man wouldn't have all those feelings usually with another man taking care of him because that's kind of off the plate and then you can talk not talk shop like like people think that guys get together and talk de- degradingly yeah. about uh, women or about whatever's going on that's not the case at all in here we're free to say words that we might not be able to say in public and or to say oh god she wants me to come home after a full day of work and pitch in but she doesn't understand that I, I need some time off and this is just the best thing ever you know or something i'm like yeah you're totally safe to say that here because Women get together and say things about their husbands that yeah. get on their nerves or pet peeves. Why does he always leave his socks full, you know, sock turds all over the damn place, you know, yeah. downstairs? Why can't he ever put them upstairs or whatever it is? Um, yeah, it's just a comfortable place for guys to be. And it's a unique experience because you can you can go to a barber shop, but it's usually really busy and you might not get that, that same kind of one-on-one right. self-care feel. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, let's jump into a little bit off topic mm-hmm. or off course. Um, we're just talking about Asheville. Yeah. And some of the places that you love and some of the things that you love doing when you're not working uh, in the barbershop or in the, not barbershop, in the Whatever. salon. The studio, yeah. the salon. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been in Asheville? Let's I moved here there. in 1995. Cool. So whatever the math is on that. Yeah. Almost thirty years or something like that. Hard to say. No. <laughs> anyway, a little um, less than 24. that. Twenty-four. Nineteen ninety-five or nineteen ninety-five? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would have been like six. So it would have been twenty-four years ago. Twenty-four years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've been here for almost twenty-five years. That's um, crazy. And um, it's definitely changed a lot. But uh, uh, I was in one of the first, you know, 
vaudeville rock bands in this place. There was like us and two other bands. Um, there was like three restaurants, um, and I worked in one of them. There were maybe uh, less than five bars. Wow. Um, you could walk around downtown Asheville and maybe not see anybody, but that was great because if you saw somebody, you would know who they were. People moved here, not like, it's like, where are you from? Asheville, not Nashville. You know, no, nobody heard of it. Now you could go anywhere and you say, I'm from, I'm from Asheville, and, and it's a kind of a buzzword, mm-hmm. and tons of people are here all the time. But it was a real magical time being in my mid-20s with a small group of people in this small, very small mountain town, but with all the cool architecture around mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it was hard to make it. You had to be a work in the restaurant business. And I would tour in my band on the weekends and then uh, work in the restaurants during the weeks as a busboy. And um, then I got more into fine dining stuff to support my family and then went to hair school during the recession. So um, there's been a lot of changes in Asheville and the recession was the hardest time to be here for sure. Um, but other than, other than that, now I, there's a new restaurant popping up every week. And so I can't keep up with them all. Mm-hmm. There's a new bar popping up every week. Uh, I still love to go out onto the parkway. That's always been something really wonderful to do. Um, but I'm super excited to have a studio on a second floor of a building in downtown Asheville by the firehouse and the courthouse and the park and all that stuff because I still feel like I'm a part of it, but I don't you know, generally come downtown anymore because there's so many people, so many tourists Mm-hmm. down here now but I'm still sure. feel like a huge part of the community at the same time so so I do love it. I I love I love Asheville um it's just changed so much you know yeah yeah so so do you have a favorite place to go like you know you get out of work and you and your wife are going out baby for we dinner. went last night down to Marshall uh mm-hmm. North Carolina go. which is about 30 minutes away mm-hmm. and um there's a cool restaurant there called the Star uh, Diner or something. Yeah. It's a, but it's much more than a diner. Um, it's got antique stuff in there, and it's right next to a train track, and it's an old '50s gas station. That that's we we kind of like to get out of town a little bit now mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, but uh, we've always been big fans of the Admiral, although I haven't been to the Admiral in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there's so many great, there's so much great stuff here that it's hard to. It's hard to answer that question. I liked meeting you guys at Liberty Coffee House. That was a really yeah, cool a place. Spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think that well, well. So I imagine a lot. I mean, a lot has changed twenty five years, but a lot has changed since the baby's come in the equation. A mm-hmm. lot has changed since you've been um, kind of running your own show. I'm wondering, like, who rounds out your Asheville crew? Is it? Are you at a point where it's primarily just like you and your wife when you're not here? Or is there like a community in Asheville that you go to see shows with every once in a while? Um, what does Asheville as a community mean to you today? Um, yeah, physically I'm not out with people a lot. I mean, I am in this studio. All day. So all I day, imagine all, you want the opposite. All day long, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a really good question and a really good point is – I fulfill, luckily, all those things here in my shop. That's my community. Um, but I don't go out after this and see bands and stuff like I like I may have used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really connected to 
other musicians in this area and um, Echo Mountain Studios where I recorded my album is a great uh, tribe over there although I, I don't see them as much as I used to when I was doing more music mm-hmm. but um, basically if you look over here on the wall yeah, yeah. that's what I do you know those are my people even the mullet guys they're falling off the wall up there but <laughs> there's a whole special mullet on number section. seven next week you have to have shoulder-length hair, um, and I'll teach you how to blow it out. But yeah, so I had two boys, one 19 and one 13 from a previous marriage, mm-hmm. and then one little two-and-a-half-year-old girl from my marriage uh, now. And so um, that keeps me busy, just yeah. just work and family. And we own a house downtown, so that's that's great too. So I've been I've been able to find out how to keep living in this place and keep loving it. Uh, the years 2011 through 2013, maybe even 14, were the hardest because the change was so drastic yeah. between the old Asheville and the new Asheville. But once I got over that hump, I'm, I'm, I embrace Asheville. I love it. I yeah. love living here. I love being downtown. I can walk. I love uh, beer. <laughs> I felt like Kavanaugh. Judge Kavanaugh for a second. <laughs> oh my God. I love beer. Uh, you yeah, don't we had beer. beer. <laughs> American beer. One American beer. Oh my God. So um and, and there's no better place than than Asheville <laughs> to uh to have beer. Yeah. Do you have a favorite brewery that you go to? Um gosh, I love them. I love them all. Yeah, yeah I really do. So I think they're great. Uh, I love Atlas Branding a lot. Yes. I think they're really contributing so much to the feel and the vibe of of the businesses yeah. down here. Um, so many great like branding and, and logos and designs, and we run into people that they've done their logo for all the time. And I'm like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's it's awesome having meeting you guys because you came here and you're jumping, you're deep diving into the community, and um, you moved here from Brooklyn, and and you're um, this is a, such a great way to get to know people and to become part of the community. Mm. So you, you all probably know a lot more about what's going on in this town than I do. Well, wow. we're, we're learning, but yeah. you know, we're not, um, certainly not experts. And, and I think it's interesting that you, you have seen so many changes. Um, and so you probably have a lot of just wisdom from that, you know, from learning about the town where it's. Where I'm not. I don't. I, I don't have a jaded point of view. Yeah, and that's so. Yeah. That's something we we've gotten as we discussed in our coffee. Like mm-hmm. we've gotten some really incredible feedback, and most people are saying kind of what you pointed to. What a fun way to deep dive into the community, um, and then you know there have been very few, but a couple like yo, you're entirely too bright eyed and. Uh, talking about this place like it's it's perfect and i thought you made a great point or at least had a great statement which was like you know there are hard parts and have been hard times but i i still i love the Asheville that is today Mm -hmm. also and i'm wondering is there anything that keeps you loving it is it just that you like what about Asheville, though it's so different than it was 25 years ago makes you keep loving it it's so funny. I was going to the beach uh, for a family vacation a couple of weeks ago, and my wife and I, um, we had cleaned the house. We had t- tended to the garden. We fed the dog. We had everything set up, and we're on our way out to go on a beach trip, and both of us were like, man, 
we're going to miss Ash. We're, we're going to miss it here. You know, like it, wouldn't it be cool to, uh, like, I mean, as much as we wanted to go on vacation, we, st- I still felt like I'm looking forward to coming back. Yeah. Anytime I go anywhere around the Southeast, I'm always looking forward to coming back, but it does have its mixed bag. Sometimes it does feel a little claustrophobic because there's so many people and it's a small town. Um, but when I'm in it, I think there's, I think if you're just in your groove and you're, you're patient and you're doing your work and you're, and you're in harmony with your life, um, then, then it's going to be okay. And if, if you're, if you're not, or you're just choosing to see the negative of everything, then if you stay, you're just making yourself miserable. So you may as well go somewhere else. But, um, I, I've always, I've always loved it, loved it here, even with the pub cycle and all the screaming bachelorettes and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's colorful at least, you know, I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. So magic wand question. We have this one question that we ask all of our podcast guests, um, towards the end, which is if someone had a magic wand, I always say if we, and then I'm like, it's you. And then I'm like, I don't know who Uh it is, but if, if we had a magic wand, And um, either we could give you something or someone in the listening audience could help you with something. What would that be? What would your ask be? What would my what? Ask. Um, I don't know. I guess make me 20 pounds lighter. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) ask. That's a good ask. So we're gonna because it's mean, so hard for me to get into the gym. So that, I mean, I think it's a I think it's a great ask, and I think that's a that's a doable ask. So there are wellness people in the community. We know that for sure. We have interviews somewhere in the future that are going to be with wellness type folk. Um, cool. I think that our community could come together and uh, and make that so twenty pounds lighter. <laughs> I'm currently in operation. Tighten up for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'm going. Uh, I, I turned down beer this week. You did? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm. I'm tightening up. And yeah. Like, what? I was like, yeah. You pic- look great. You guys are thirty. Yeah, we're we are. So, but the, the thing I keep saying is pictures on the wall forever. And I just want you know. Yeah. Want to make sure everything's just as defined and chiseled as it can be. Yeah. And then blow it out. Are you not wearing any clothes? No clothes. No clothes. <laughs> That's a serious Very wedding. Very unconventional wedding. Are you yeah. at least going to have like a um, a leaf? <laughs> very. It's a biblical. We're going very traditional. Adam and Eve is the theme. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever done that. An Adam and Eve wedding. Just like a rib. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's uh, like apples on the tables. Yeah. <laughs> the forbidden Temp- fruit. Tempting. Tempting. Yeah. Um, cool. I, I like that. 20 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of other, other than that. I mean, I could think of material things probably like, I don't know. I'm pretty happy. I have, I can't think of anything else that I would, um, I mean, I could say a, a product line or a, my own shop or something, but I, I don't really need that stuff right now. But I, I would like to, I would like to feel a, a greater sense of, um, work family balance yeah. and then just a greater sense of health. You know, I'm, I'm behind the chair all the time. And so, and with the family, it's hard for me to like get, you know, I've been fit all my life, but yeah. this job and this, this way of constantly taking care of people and stuff like that, um, 
I, I don't feel uh, horrible about myself, but but I do feel like I would like to f- feel you know lighter and and, and more energy and and yeah. more rested. And yeah. but I think a lot of people probably feel like that too. Yeah, but it you know doesn't make it okay. You yeah, know, they say uh, uh, normal does not mean natural. In, yeah. in uh, like the fitness background that I, I have, normal does not mean natural. Just because it's normal that people are underslept and a little inflamed doesn't mean that it's natural. And so I support that that is a goal. And I think that after doing all this unpacking that we've done, and we call your service mm-hmm. a wellness practice in its own way, mm-hmm. um, I would love to. I would love to be a part in some small way of helping your little magic wand ask come true. Okay. I think that that is beautiful. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, we're we're in the slow mo speed round, as you as you know, and so the next built in question is, I want to say, it's. So we used to have a. We we're going to cut out some of this dead air, but we used to have a question about the Asheville. We're leaving that out. Is it now just um, uh, advice? Yeah, two things. I mean, you kind of already alluded to it before when we were talking about why do you love Asheville. Um, but, you know, what would be your advice for someone who's moving here or who's already here and wants to start a business and they're trying to, quote unquote, make it in mm-hmm. Asheville? What would you say to them um, from someone who's been here for a long time? Kind well, of succeeding. I for some reason the whole bring your job to Asheville thing doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't bring my job. I mean, I was in a band, right. but um, I moved here because I loved here. And I said to myself, I'm going there because I love it mm-hmm. and I'll figure it out. So um, I, I wouldn't encourage anybody to be irresponsible, but if you're, if you, if you're childless and you're single or you're a young couple, what do you really have to lose? What, what's what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You you end up working in a restaurant or a coffee shop for a while until you figure it out. You know yeah. you're not going to die. Yeah. If you want to live here, move here, have fun and and figure it out as you as you go along. It, it doesn't have to be so serious about like. I mean, if you if you have a family, you know, I don't want to say be irresponsible and move here and think that everything's going to be like it is in a big city. It's not. I think that. Asheville is very much a place where you move because you want to be here and you want to be here. So you figure it out. Mm. That's it. You know, that's the way I did it. I I wanted to be here. I didn't want to be anywhere else. So I figured it out. I have a friend that wanted to be in Taos, New Mexico. He didn't have a job. He created, he created a job. Um, He's a musician and he has this amazing wedding band that he loves to be in. And, and they do uh, eighties style song or, 80 songs with a Frank Sinatra twist and they drink martinis and have cheesy tuxedos and mustaches and stuff. It's called Love Vanilla it. Pop. It's oh, so cool. Oh my goodness. But that didn't exist in Taos. And it's not like he... It doesn't exist anywhere. <laughs> you know? Um, the Goodies, my band The Goodies didn't exist in Asheville. And um, I came here and I, I wanted to live here so I made it work. And yeah. if you... I wouldn't come here looking like... This isn't like L.A. or something where, where you move and you're like, I'm really hoping that I can make it big and all this. You just come here and you live here and you figure out how to do it and you get creative. And um, that's the, But that's how I live my life. So I, you know, 
I wasn't planning on going to hair school and I did and I had a sense of community here. And so it worked out and I could be creative and, and, and make it, and make it work. Um, but, um, I don't know if I'm the best person for advice cause I came here kind of naively and kind of just wanting to live here and be a part of it. So I figured it out. But I, I like that as a response. And then I'm going to say, let's push from the move into a profession, right? So let's say they get to a point where like you, you're like, all right, I kind of want to be a barber. How do I, you know, what's the, what's the next step? And so you've at least alluded to having two type of educations. One was the uh, cosmetology school. And then I think you said I went to a business class. Oh, that was part of the right. cosmetology okay, school. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's maybe say you would it have been like six months or a year ago where you're like, all right, I want to take the next step. Mm-hmm. And so at least one of the things that I, we know that you made it as a decision was like, I need to get branded mm-hmm. so that that next step is able to be communicated in a way. What advice do you have someone who's like already started something and wants to take a next step? Like what advice would you give yourself or someone if you can imagine that? Um, that's already started something mm-hmm. like and now just wants to level up, started something in Asheville. Yep. Um, what advice? Um, well, it takes money and time to what you said, like level up, like, like go up a step. So I think it takes patience and, um, and a lot of patience because, you can go and get branded or whatever, but it costs money to do that. Um, not everybody has the money to do that. Um, I was able, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that right out of hair school. I needed to get a little bit more of, you know, work under my belt and the ability to do that. But, uh, to go to the next step, I mean, you can, there's many ways where you can start small and, and just, uh, depending on what you're doing, you, I mean, I guess you either go to school for a trade and then you go get a job in that or you create your own thing. And there's so many platforms like Instagram and social media where you can, where you can do that. Um, I, I don't know if I have an answer to that. I think patience is a hell of an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're at a point, just speaking from our own experience, we're at a point where we have so many ideas and so many things, directions we want to go in, even with just this podcast, but we can't do it all tomorrow right we can't do it all next week yeah we can't do it all this month yeah we got to break it down and we got to do one thing at a time and it's frustrating sometimes when you're just like oh but i just want to be there you know i just want to have the website like looking really well and the logo really well and i want to have you know lots of great content out there and you just you can't you have to wait you have to do it break it into into bite-sized pieces and and then really get into this the, the step that you're in uh, it took me like three years to make my album too. And I'll give you guys a copy of that. I don't have one here, but uh, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot because I, my mind creates a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when I let the genie out of the bottle, it's, I mean, I can visualize, I can tell you guys everything that I want to do with a, a shop, um, with a product line. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it all in my head. I have got children's book in my head. Um, but getting it out physically may, means that you have to have a, a lot of patience because nothing substitutes for hours. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the hours. You've got to have the time to, yeah. to put into it and to, um, yeah. Uh, so um, the, that's, that's what I would say if you're going to take things up to the next level. 
it doesn't happen overnight. There are times where you feel excited, like it's happening quicker than other times, mm-hmm. but but it doesn't happen. You've got to somehow enjoy every day mm-hmm. and bring it in. Um, I just did something crazy uh, a couple of days ago. I got my Facebook got hacked, and on the same day, I got uh, I I tried to add some friends that were requesting me and. It said that I was at my 5,000 friend limit and I couldn't, you, you can only have 5,000 Facebook mm-hmm. friends. And so I just shut the whole damn thing down. I, I'm done, finished with Facebook. And it was pretty awesome because uh, I didn't think I could do that. And, and uh, I don't know. So I'm saying get out there on social media or whatever, but <laughs> I don't know. I, so well, I don't color women's, I don't color hair and I don't do Facebook okay. anymore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of leveling up, what's next for holiday grooms? What do you have in the future? Um, The first thing I want to do is get the branding Mm -hmm. so that I could get the mobile on-site thing going and then eventually get a space. And I want to create this, but with maybe two or three chairs. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has their own space. And how I would do that is have like a little uh, cubicle kind of uh, wooden square where the chair is in and the lights are arranged to where Mm -hmm. you feel like you're in your own space. And in between each one of those have a bookshelf that has a sliding ladder and whiskeys on the top. (laughs) So, um, you can have your own special private place. Maybe there's a fireplace and leather couches. So say a a man and a woman want to go in, the man goes in, um, opens that little swivel door or whatever, and goes in and sits down and has a shave the woman and her friend are having a, a cocktail on the leather couch. Um, it's There may even be a humidor uh, in the corner where there's a porch or a place that sucks the smoke out where you can have a cigar. Um, and shaves and barbershop stuff is largely mysterious to people. You walk by and you, you peek through the window, but you don't want to be seen, but you really want to be a fly on the wall. Um, so with those bookshelves and the sliding... Um, ladders in between it will give somebody an excuse like say a woman has never seen somebody be shaved before or a man or whatever and you go over to look at some books but you're really just kind of checking out the shave from the corner of your Mm -hmm. eye but the guy doesn't even know you're looking at them because the way the lighting is set up you can't see too much outside of the little space that you're in and I would set up the soundproofing to be in the right way and then have the brand on all my products, you know. So I would have all um, shaving, grooming kind of products that, that have the Holiday Grooms stamp on them and, um, and you know, may, maybe even have espressos and cappuccinos or whatever. But have it be like a combination, like a place that you want to go and hang. Um, but you also, like the, the core of it is, is, the, is the grooming, but it's also, you know, having it be nice so it would be what's happening in here but just a little more public um yeah. but trying to retain that that self uh like one-on-one kind of thing yeah. so that was so vivid <laughs> was it yes. yeah. can you see it we can tell you're so excited about it oh this yeah is, we're excited for you yeah yeah. So yeah i am i am confident that that's going to come to reality come to be because of how vivid that was. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. But I can't do that tomorrow. No. no. So that's that's where I would up my game, but um, developing a product line and a shop and, and fixing out the shop, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. 
I have it in my head. I don't know who an investor would be. I don't know who I would work with. Um, it would be huge. So having a two-and-a-half-year-old child right now, it'd have to be something that maybe is like a five-year thing or something. Yeah. But um, I've always, I think I've always wanted to create what's, what I want that isn't there. So my band, The Goodies, is a rock vaudeville type of band with a huge experience. It takes you to some old world place. Um, so I always fantasize about this old world place like Moulin Rouge or or whatever. I don't have no idea what that's like because I didn't live there, but I can imagine my version of it. Um, and it's the same with this place that I would want to create. I would want to create something that I want to go to, you know, what I'm needing to decompress or when I'm needing to feel masculine or have a nice conversation with somebody or I want to have a cocktail, but I don't want to sit at a bar. Um, I don't just want to go to a salon and have a functional haircut. I need a, a third place, a place that's not home. It's not work, but where I feel comfortable. And, um, it would be what I've created in my mind, which is holiday grooms, which is a more than a, it, it's more of a lifestyle. It's more of a cultural thing. So you want to have that be part of your life because you have a locker there and a key to it because you have a membership and you've got your stash in there and you go, you open your locker, you pull out your stuff. I make it for you. You sit back, you have your shave, you put your stuff back in your locker, your name's on it. You lock it up with a key. Maybe there's a subscription plan along with it or a membership um, or public can come in off the street, but it's got a feeling of like, this is my spa or, 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 or yeah. this is where I work out. This is where I hang out. It's an identity. It's yeah. a, it's a um, cultural thing. Like I would hate it in my life if that wasn't, that's like a, my living room. That's yeah. how I like to make it in here. Like I like when people say, God, I just don't feel like I want to leave. You know, I'm, I'm, this is the first mm -hmm. time I've relaxed all day or something. Well, I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Can we stay here forever? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow. All right. So I, we, we know that you just killed Facebook, mm -hmm. but uh, if people listen to this, they love it and they want to find you, how would they do that? Oh, Instagram. I'm all over that. Holiday yeah. Grooms on Instagram. Holiday Grooms or Holiday underscore Childress. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's a great, that's a great um, way to, to go. And I forgot to mention one of my favorite places to go by oh. myself in town is Casablanca Cigar Bar. Cool. It smells really good in the little humidor area. They have great ventilation. Yeah. Men and women go there. Um, you see people from all cultures there. Uh, so it feels like a real, um, you know, even if you, you may or may not like cigars, but when I'm in there, I feel relaxed and yeah. unjudged and, and uh, it, they have a great little selection. I'm certain my dad's going to go there and uh, our mentor, Devin. So mm -hmm. we have at least two people that are guaranteed Oh yeah, right. It's right on um, three. Built, my dad. It's in Biltmore. Biltmore. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It looks beautiful when you walk by. It's like a, a dream of a cigar. It, it totally like, is. The leather seats and the they have lockers where where they you know have guys that get their cigars put in there. And um, it's just a really nice stress free place where you see more people um, that you wouldn't be in that same place in that same place. And it's it's funny because it's a it's kind of a um, there's this whole thing of you no know, smoking. You can't smoke anywhere. You can't do this and, mm -hmm. and that. So people that do want to have cigars don't feel as suffocated right. in another way. They feel yeah. kind of like chill, um, relaxed, uh, unjudged, and it's very friendly in there. It's a beautiful cool. place. Love that. Yep. So we got you on Instagram. We'll have your website linked. 
Mm-hmm. Anything else um, that you would want to add before we wrap? Um, God, I wish. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm always on the edge of something new, but I don't know exactly what that is. You know, so like you asked me that question, and I am excited to tell you something, but I don't know what I'm going to tell you <laughs> yet. <laughs> I know the feeling. Sometimes I I'll be like, "There's something I wanted to tell you, Tony." Yeah, and it was really exciting. <laughs> But then it's like it was nothing. It was just this feeling of there's something coming. There's something yeah. next. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say it's the way that we're wired. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're still here and you still love Asheville and you've seen many iterations of it. Right? And I think that that is a, is a choice in a lot of ways. I think that for us it might not be because that's how we're wired. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll, I'll bet that if you were to just – anyone were to randomly ask you, hey – what's on your mind? I bet you'd probably be a positive thing based mm-hmm. on our experience together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the reason why we are optimists and can lose thoughts and uh, know that they were good thoughts is that's just kind of how we're wired. So it's been really fun going deeper. Uh, yeah. Going deeper with you here today, Absolutely. sitting on this beautiful couch in this yeah. beautiful room. Yeah. And right now as we're sitting here talking, I feel like something's about to happen. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited. <laughs> about something and yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a, it's like a bubble of goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I feel it too. Do, and, and we don't want it to feel like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, anything that you can grab a hold of that you just wish that you had mentioned. Um, and it could be, no, I think we did a lot. We, yeah. we talked for a while. Well, yeah, we did. I think I communicated everything there. there I did want to, touch on two points and I feel like I already did. And those were, um, creating something that's kind of, a, a fantasy of what you think that the old world feel would be mm-hmm. like. And then the, the whole Instagram thing, not being for me anyway, as much about the actual haircut, but the, all the smiling people and, and the, the goodness in people and the, um, uh, the happiness and the sharing and all that community. Um, in fact, I mean, I'm local and I'm a, I'm a big part of the community. I mean, I can, I can see it when I look at my wall and that means a lot to me. So even though Asheville's going through all this change, I've been here for 25 years and I'm still feeling very connected to the community because of the decisions that I've made in the past that I've chosen, but they weren't spelled out for me when I moved here. I just, my my priority was to live here and be a part of the community and figure it out. So that's, that's the thing that I think is different from Asheville than when people move to other cities, people want to be here. So they move here and then they figure it out where, um, a lot of people make moves based around a career or, um, something that's going to bring them more uh, money or security or or enhance their yeah. their career, so they'll live in a place that they don't really love. Yeah. But people that move to Asheville love Asheville, and that's why I and people that visit Asheville love Asheville. Uh, that's what I think makes Asheville special compared to people that might move and build high rises of condos on a beach somewhere and block the view out from everybody else just because they want to have a place on the beach and they'll just ruin everything around it. 
people come to Asheville for Asheville's culture, for Asheville's art, for Asheville's music, for Asheville's food. So people want more of what Asheville is. So it, it, it makes me feel better knowing that they're not just coming here to make it something different and to knock down everything and build a high rise so they can have a beautiful view of this beach and ruin it for everybody else. People don't really want to come here and ruin it. They want to be a part of it. So you see a ton of hotels going up, you see the landscape changing and it's happening really fast and it can be scary sometimes, but at the same time, people want to experience Asheville. And so there's people want to keep it like what's special about it special. And that's the difference between um, coming here and 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 going someplace different. I think is that is is that it 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 is what it is, and it's been that way for for a long long time. Yeah, yeah. And you see a lot of I think there's a lot of talk of preserving that. You know, there's a lot of debate mm-hmm. in the news about you know hotels going up and 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 then people are for, are for it and against it. And whether you're on, no matter what side you're on. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see that there is that debate. Yeah, that there are people that are fighting for one side or the other because they want to keep Asheville a certain way, or because they want people, other people, to be able to experience it. Mm-hmm. It's it's all kind of for the same. Everybody good. wants to defend just, something here. Yeah, which is good. That's mm-hmm. healthy. I think mm-hmm. it's like keeps that balance and it keeps you know Asheville special. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, I like and I, I I I like that point a lot. I think. It's one thing to say, I want to work in finance, so I'm going to go where finance is. I want to work in film, so I'm going to go where film is. I'm gonna, I want music, so i got to go to where music is. Mm-hmm. It's a wholly other thing to say, I want, you know, what Boulder, like I want the idea, like I want mountains nearby, I want a quality of life, I want, I want a community, I want Boulder, I want Asheville, mm-hmm. I want these other sp- spots that have potentially international acclaim in some ways like but didn't 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. in the same way uh and it's an x factor in those places it's an x factor here and i think it's really i thought that was a very astute observation yeah it's like where do i want to live instead of um where is my career gonna yeah. take me yeah. And I those are just two different states of mind. You exactly. Know? I was going to say not, not one is right, right or, or the other. Yeah. I've heard that there are types of people where where they live is more important. And I've always felt that way. You know, moved mm-hmm. to different places because I wanted to be in that place mm-hmm. where I have friends who are like, but I really wanted to have this career path. So I, mm-hmm. I chose to go to a place that's whatever. It was what it is mm-hmm. because I get to have that. And that's because it's more important to them. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dang. We did it, people. How many minutes was that? <laughs> All right, and that was episode 26 with Holiday Childress of Holiday Grooms. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you want to learn more about things we talked about in this episode, um, please visit the show notes page. You can do that by going to makingitinashville.com slash 026. We'll have links there to a lot of the places that we mentioned as well as holidays uh, page and Instagram page. And if this episode made you interested in you know visiting, getting a beer trim or a haircut, please take this as like a very high recommendation we loved it um let them know that we sent you uh and i'm sure that you will very much enjoy yourself in 
and Holiday Grooms Holiday Shop, whether it's a mobile visit or you go to his studio, positive, you're going to love it. And finally, two other requests. Uh, One is if you or you know anybody that would like to be on this podcast, you can nominate them at makingitinashville.com slash podcast. We're always looking for new guests for future seasons. And last but not least, if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love to hear about it. The best place to let us know is at iTunes podcast. We have links to um, places, you know, the way to review Um, both on the show notes page, but on most of the podcast players will help you to get to iTunes to review it. It means the world. It helps other people find these podcasts, hear the stories of our guests. And for that, we are most certainly grateful. So thank you. Episode 26. We did it, boo. High High five. five. How many minutes was that? <laughs> uh, I got 136. Yeah. And so there, there'll be a little bit of uh, cutting, but I imagine we'll, we'll push something There's out. There's so many times when I'm talking and I'm like, this is probably the point where someone's going to turn it off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so good. That's every time I'm talking. So really? <laughs> luckily, you only felt it a couple times.